Thank God for the fellowship. It's a blessing once again to be here, to share in the word. Like I said before, there are many who are amongst us who are able to teach the word. With, and I don't take this lightly that God has allowed me on this assignment to teach and to share. I know there's many are far more willing and able to do what God has called them to do. But we thank God for the privilege and the honor to share. Um, please turn with me to Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2. Hope your day was, went okay. Mine was great. And God is good. Been through a, been a crazy um, weekend. I uh, went to go visit my sister in, in California, and she visited California um, only to get there to, to serve, you know. I thought I was going to be at a party with my, one of my cousins who turned 50, you know. She believed in the Lord, and, but I didn't make, to the, make it to the party. I had to rush my twin sister to the hospital. Uh, Could have been life-threatening, but thanks be to God. They took care of it, worked it out. Um, they caught it in time. It was the grace of God. You know, sometimes we, we make plans, but God, he, he has a whole different plan for our lives. And, um, it was a blessing to serve. You know, I was on vacation, but he sent me there to serve and to, um, lift up his name. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy, and your love. We thank you, Lord, for the awesome privilege, Lord, to call on your sweet name, We take it not for granted, Lord, that you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We will not take it for granted that all are saved here. There might be one who might be on the fence struggling um, that needs to come run and ask, what must I do to be saved? Lord, we know, God, if they repent of sin and receive the free gift of salvation, we thank you, Lord, for the gospel message, the free gift that you died for every sinner, Lord, that you was buried and that you rose, that they may have victory, that they may have life eternal life that you give freely, Lord, not of works, not of religion, um, nothing that we can do to earn it, but we thank you for the free gift. We ask, oh God, that you would look beyond all of our faults and see our needs, hide me behind the cross. We ask, oh God, you'll forgive us for our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, equip me with your word, let your Holy Spirit fill my cup, Lord, let it overflow, Lord, into the lives of all of us, Lord, let your word filter through my heart that I may not be a hypocrite, but live what I preach and be not a, a castaway. We ask, oh God, that you would help me to be qualified, that I live the gospel, live it, live it with integrity. Help me to be a better man that you called. Help us all to be better men that you called us to be in Christ Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your word, which is life. We thank you for your word, which is liberating. We thank you for your word, which is lasting, Lord. It will last the test of time, no matter what we go through, no matter what we face. Oh, God, you will forever be with us, Lord. We thank you, oh, God, that you go before us. Fight our battles, oh, God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in pulling down the strongholds. We ask, oh, God, that you would help us to think that your thoughts, Lord, to have the mind of Christ, Lord, to be humble, Lord, to be submissive, to be obedient, Lord. Help us, Lord, to flee from youthful lust, Lord. Help us, O oh God, to lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets us and run the race, Lord, that is before us, O oh God. Looking, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing uh, towards those things which are ahead. We need to press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Help us, O oh God, to be about our Father's business, not to be playing about it, but to be soldiers to be mighty men of valor who stand in the gap for those who are oppressed those who are downtrodden let us preach your word the the liberty lord that you have allowed us lord anoint our lips anoint our life oh god to be an example to those who are in darkness father we ask oh god that you help us to be witnesses for you for your kingdom for your cause we thank you father for your grace mercy and your love we thank you for the blood of jesus we thank you lord it reaches from the highest mountain to the lowest valley. Lord, it has power to change. We thank you for the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, God is good. God is so good that um, he allows us the privilege to call on his name, to worship him. Um, as those famous words that we always hear is God is good. And all the time, God is good. Amen. 
I know God is good because we're, we're sitting in this place. You know, there's many that's on their sick beds. There's many who wish to be here. But we thank God he's allowed us to be here in our right mind to learn more about the Lord, to love the Lord, and to grow in the Lord. All right, without further uh, delay, uh, let's start at uh, chapter 2, verse 1. And we covered uh, two weeks ago, verses 1 through 10, if you guys remember, but we're going to read it just so we can get enriched and grow continually in the word. Because we forget things. I know I do. Uh, we need to renew our minds in the word. Here we go. It says verse 2. I mean verse 1 of, of chapter 2. But there were also false prophets among the people. Even as there will be false teachers among you. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Even denying the Lord who bought them. And bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sin, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world. But save Noah, one of the eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous lot who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and would utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness and of those who count it pleasure in carouse in the daytime they are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deception while they feast with you having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin enticing unstable souls they have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accused children and accursed children they have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the way of Balaam the son of Beor who loved the wages of unrighteousness but he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption for by whom a person is overcome by him. Also, he is brought into bondage for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in and in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. They have known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit. A soul having washed her wallowing in the time in I mean wallowing in the in the mire. Thank you. We read last week or two weeks ago. We talked about. Um, false prophets of the Old Testament and we have false teachers in the New Testament and even in the time that in which Peter wrote this letter. It's a warning to warn all the true church of Jesus Christ for you do know that wheats and tares 
are in the church every Sunday and even perhaps in this room. There are some who profess Christ and never have a true conversion or a confession of Christ. They have not been converted. They are not been, have been been born again. These are righteous men who hold the truth or know the truth, but they live not of it. There are many who come to church who carry their Bibles. They have big Bibles, small Bibles. They talk the lingo. They look the part and they have no part in the kingdom of God. So here Peter writes to the church to warn us of false teachers, not only of his day, but through the Holy Spirit, he's penned it, especially even now in our day. I don't know about you, but there are false teachers everywhere you look. You can spot them out. And the word of God makes it so clear that we can actually identify these men, these women, whoever teach the, the word of God out of context. There are many who would seek to parade themselves, who seek to make merchandise of the church because they are promoters of what is satanic and demonic. They don't care about the light. They don't care about the love of Jesus Christ. They don't care about the gospel of Jesus Christ. All they care about is getting their pockets on fat, on swole. I don't know about you, but you can spot these hypocritical preachers, these pious promoters of which is satanic. We can see them a mile away. They bling, they're loud, they're arrogant, and quite frankly, they're sinful. We see them as not examples of the cross. They are contrary to what Jesus says. They are hirelings. They are not those uh, have no part of the good shepherd. They have no part of the good news. They, they promote what they think is right, but when in their heart is all false, all bad. We are surrounded by men that promote, which is against the truth of the word. We as mighty men of valor, we have to continue in our growth and study as believers so we can be on guard. So we can be watchmen on the wall to warn others of the coming danger, to warn others of what thus saith the Lord. There are many who are preaching, but they're not preaching Christ. They're not preaching the gospel. So let's dive into text. Tonight's lesson is really found in verses 12 through 22. But let's go to verse 10. Talking about these false teachers. Um, for those who want to write down the outline or remember the outline, chapter 1 speaks of Christian affirmation. Chapter 2 speaks of church apostasy. Chapter 3 speaks of Christ appearing. So we're talking about church apostasy. We're talking about those who have crept in, they're sheep in, but inwardly they're wolves. They dress like sheep, but their nature is wolves, wolf-like. They have not, they're, they're, they're not gentle. They're brute. They seek to bring harm to the body of Christ. It our challenge, each and every one of us, is each and every one of us responsibility to identify a false teacher. You know why it's our responsibility? Because God is not respective of a person. He has given all of us the mandate to preach the word in season and out of season. We are living in a day they don't want to hear the gospel. They want to have their ears tickled. They want to be entertained. They want to be entertained with uh, music. They want to be entertained with style, but they don't want to hear the gospel. They don't want to hear the word. How do you know this, preacher? I know it so because most of the churches, their criteria or their format is formulated around entertainment. I don't care if the choir is not good. I don't care if somebody don't know how to sing a hook like Aretha Franklin. All I care about is what thus is what the preacher preach. Now, as far as worshiping the Lord, I can close my eyes and just think back what God has done for me. God has done enough for each and every one of us. We don't need to be prodded to praise the Lord. 
All we got to do is think back. Like the old preachers, the moment you start thinking, we should start thinking. We're living in a day where the gospel is on attack. It's on attack. I don't know about y'all. Maybe you go to work. Maybe some of you are retired. But there are standards and policies and procedures in place, even on your workplace. Why? Because there's a standard that must be followed. The standard of godly living is the word of God. If we are to uh, be promoters of the gospel, we got to live the gospel. We got to live it. That means we got to read the Bible every day. Everybody say, read the Bible. Bible. Every day. day. Now, let's make it more personal. I got to read the Bible Bible. every day. day. Now, if you didn't say that, maybe you convicted by it. Let's say it one more time. I'm I'm, going to help you out so we can all not be uh, pointed out because I'm going to point you out. Say, I I have to read read. the Bible Bible. every day. day. Amen. Amen. You know why we got to read the Bible every day? Because God is requiring us to read the Bible every day. It's not up for discussion, negotiation. It's a command to study, to show ourselves approved Unto God. Let's walk the text. In chapter 2, there are certain things that false teachers can be identified. False teachers bring in destructive doctrines. That's found in verses 1 through 3. False teachers, they are destined for doom. That's found in verses 4 through 11. And false teachers are depraved. That's found in verses 12 through 17. And lastly, false teachers, they are deceptive. That's found in verses 18 through 22. Everything about false teachers is downright dirty, damnable, destructive. Look at verse 10. It says, And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. When we identify a false teacher, unlike angels who have far greater authority, even we see angel, even we see an example of Michael who, when he was contending or fighting for Moses' body, he didn't bring a, a railing accusation. He said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. He recognizes Satan's authority, but he gives God the glory. False teachers never recognize. They don't give God the glory. They don't want to recognize authority. They want to live their lives how they want to live. As a matter of fact, I'm in the Bible. Turn with me, if you will, turn with me to uh, Judges chapter 21. Hold your place in in 2 Peter. Go to Judges chapter 21. Joshua, Judges, for you Bible uh, students, this is the vision of the history of the Bible in the Old Testament. Judges chapter 21. Which makes my point. Now go to the last verse in chapter 21. Easy to remember. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes go back to second peter that's the problem with false teachers they do what is right in their own eyes but they don't do what is right in the eyes of the lord when it says that there was no king in the book of judges it's talking about that people did not have authority they didn't recognize god as an authority and thus they live how they want to live Let me park here parenthetically. Let me back up my six foe right in your lane. 
If you are one of these individuals, think that you can live how you want to live every day, claim to be a Christian, let me let you know something right now. We are sinning against God. We are being disobedient against God. God is the authority and he should be the authority of our lives. Unlike false teachers, God is not their authority. Look at verse 12 in 2 Peter. It says, but these like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed speak evil of things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption. False teachers, one identity of them, they are ignorant of the truth of God's word. They talk a good game, but they don't know what the heck they talking about. It sounds good. You can always identify them. They use all these big, luscious words, flowery words. You know, they make nice jokes. Try to get you thrown off. Why? Because they don't want to. He- they don't want you to hear the context of the message. Natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, depraved, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as they- those who counted pl- pleasure and carouse in the daytime. These false teachers, they live a sinful life in the open, unashamed, unapologetic. They don't care. Arrogance. Another identifying thing about a false teacher is their arrogance. They don't care what they do in public. You know, it used to be a time where, you know, if you snuck out, you did all your sneaking and creeping in the, in the night. But you can see it all over. People doing all kind of stuff in the daytime. Why? Because they don't care. Unashamed. Verses 13 and 14. Let's look at verse 14. It says. Before I get there, it says they are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deception while they feast with you, having eyes full of a now that word while they feast with you. It conveys the idea that these false teachers, they do the most hypocritical thing that any person can do. I'm going to tell you what that is. You see the word feast there? It's the same word that speaks of the Lord's Supper. False teachers participate in the Lord's Supper without any conscience. They don't care. Their lifestyle contradicts. They don't, they don't even promote unity and love, which the Lord's Supper promotes that. It promotes the death why Christ came. He came to die for the sins of the world which unifies mankind between man and God. But these false teachers, they participate in the Lord's Supper. And guess what? They don't even be repentant. They live in a lifestyle of sin. These false teachers, they participate in the Lord's Supper or communion like every other believer. This is one of the greatest acts of hypocrisy. I'm in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27, we hear it all the time. Turn, let's turn there, brothers. Let's turn there. Let's turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Hold your place in 2 Peter. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. It says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. It's the greatest hypocritical act that a false teacher displays when they participate in the Lord's Supper and they don't have nothing to do with the Lord. 
They're guilty of his body. They're guilty of his blood. Why? Because their lifestyle. Why? Because their heart. Unrepentive. Unregenerated. False teacher. Let's keep going. Turn back to Second Peter, please. False teachers, they participate in the, the feast of the Lord. Their guilt is, they're guilty of leading men and women away from the Lord from serving God truly. False teachers always, they try to mix truth with falsehood. You can always see it. You can always identify it. When we take the Lord's Supper, if you, supper, if you guys don't know this, we need to be very humble. We need to be repentive. We need to be very true to the Lord. We can't just be taking the Lord's Supper and we have a lifestyle of sin. We didn't just looked at some pornography the day before and we haven't went to the Lord to ask for forgiveness, nor do we have any intentions on repenting. We cannot be taking the Lord's Supper knowing that we just doing it just because it's just for the time being, but we're going to go sin later on after church. False teachers, if we're truly saved and we truly love the Lord, we shall desire to be obedient to the Lord at all costs when others are not even looking. We ought to be men of integrity. False teachers have no integrity at all. Let's keep going. Verse 14, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. False teachers are engulfed with sexual sins. Spiritually and physically. They lust after women and they're lured by their lust to participate in ongoing acts of sin. Why do false teachers do that? Because they feel they they want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible says all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Their desire is not for the Lord, but to feed their flesh. They want their pockets on swole, and they want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Not only are they adulterous, remember Jesus said, if you look after a woman to lust after in your, you've already committed adultery. You can always spot a false teacher because they be having them lingering eyes. Watch them around them young saints. Watch them. I always watch the preacher's eyes, especially around young, attractive sisters in the Lord. I ain't, I ain't watching my sisters. I'm watching the men watch them. We got to keep our eyes open. Don't be blindfolded. Don't be caught off guard. Oh, he was just looking uh, the other way or in her. No, 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 no. We know when a man is lusting after a young lady or a young lady, a, a lady at all. They, they linger with their eyes. I'm going to put this in here. We need to avoid at all costs bringing um, questions about our walk. So if that means that you, you got to shake a young lady's hand versus hugging her, then you need to start shaking hands. Why am I saying that? We know what entices our flesh. Why succumb to our flesh? We're head to a higher standard. False teachers... They wallow in sin. They love it. Sin is pleasurable, but it's also damaging, destructive. Let's keep going. 
False teachers, they're identified by adultery, lust. They have covetous practices. They desire things that are, that God, that go contrary to the word of God. The Bible says they are cursed children, meaning God will deal with them. Their end will be destructive. Hellbound. They're not going to get away with it. Verse 15, they have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. Now, this speaks of Balaam, who God had used in the book of Numbers to speak the truth. But Balaam, he spoke God's word, but he fell off. He was inconsistent in his walk. He succumbed to covetousness. He was greedy for gain. He was hired by a pagan king to curse Israel. Why? He did it for money. Money. False teachers are motivated by greed. How much they can gain on this side of heaven? Because they ain't going to gain much. On that side. False teachers. They're inconsistent. In what they preach. And what they do. Like Balaam. He was inconsistent. I thank God that we have. Men of God that we can watch. We watch their lives. We watch them as they follow Christ. Like Paul says. You know. Follow me as I follow Christ. I'm watching Pastor Jim. Because if he slip, I'm going to go to him. Hey, brother, is you okay? You need prayer? We should all be watching each other. To be holding each other up in prayer. And in accountability. Don't put no man above what the scriptures say. I can fall. You can fall. We all can fall. False teachers, they're, they're, not, they're not caring about what thus saith the Lord. Notice more characteristics about false teachers. Not only do they follow after the ways of Balaam, The donkey even rebuked Balaam. And he stood before the angel of the Lord, you know, the pre-incarnate Christ. And he still was acting a fool. I mean, to hear a donkey speak in your language, in human language, and you still don't get the point, is a problem. False teachers have been warned they should be continually be warned, but guess what? They don't care. They don't care. God is not using donkeys, but he want to use us to be his mouthpiece, his spokesman. Let's go to verse 17. These are wells without water, clouds carried by the tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Wells without water, clouds carried by the tempest. So how does wells without water point to a false teacher? I'm glad you asked. Wells should be refreshing to the lips and the tongue when false teachers teach those who have been in the church infiltrated in the church amongst the true believers everything they say is not refreshing empty not satisfying damaging then it says cloud carried about by a tempest. When you see a cloud, it has the promise that rain is going to come. 
What does that speak of? Relief for the land. So two things. Wells without water, clouds carried about by a tempest. False teachers, they're not refreshing, nor do they bring relief. The two R's. Not refreshing, nor do they bring relief. They don't bring relief in a time of a drought. And they don't bring relief to the body of Christ. When we listen to those who claim to be men of God, whatever they say from the book should bring refreshment and relief. I'm in the Bible. Our gospel message should be a message that speaks about sin, salvation, and sanctification. False teachers, they don't want to talk about sin. They want to talk about salvation, but they don't want to talk about sanctification. Why is that? Because they want to highlight the pretty things of the word, but they don't want to highlight the judgment part of the word. They want to encourage, but they don't want to reprove. They want to pat on the back, but they don't want to rebuke. If we know a brother that's living in sin, we got to rebuke that brother in love. Hey, brother, what you doing is going contrary to the word. God wants us to grow. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse 18. It says, and when the, they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh those lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. False teachers... When it talks about swelling words, that speaks of their arrogance that they have in their speech. They're very boastful. When it talks about to allure, that talks about them being very uh, deceptive in the way they beguile people. Go back to uh, verse 1 in chapter 2. It says, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow the destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed by covetousness. They will exploit you with deceptive words. What does that mean? False teachers. You can identify them because they will make merchandise by their message. We see it all the time. We see these false teachers everywhere. They seek to make merchandise of God's people. You know, I thank God for Pastor Jim and this ministry is one of the one of the reasons that I was willing to follow a man like Pastor Jim is because I heard of the ministry that they preach the word of God, have funerals for free. Oh, man. I can't tell you how many preachers I've encountered in my short life time. They charge for everything. I mean, they charge you going out. They charge you coming in. They charge you sitting down. They pass the plate about four or five times around. That's how I grew up. The offering plate. We ain't got no offering plate. If you want to put in, you can put in. If you don't want to put in, it's between you and the Lord. What attracted me so much to this ministry was that this man of God I'm just only talking about for myself. You guys, is he following the Lord? And he's somebody I want to follow. I don't mind following Pastor Jim. Is he perfect? No. But does he love the Lord? Does he love God's word? 
Is he trying his best with the help of the Lord to promote Jesus? Yes, he is. That's why I follow him. But the moment he stopped following the Lord, guess who I'm going to keep following? The Lord. Many false teachers, their whole aim is to con every Christian. Every Christian. They want to take your hard-earned money and put it in their pocket. I mean, you can clearly see that. Let's keep walking the text. So these false teachers, they try to allure or draw or entice people. And they do it in error. You know, some people, they try to escape them, but they still are affected by the false teacher. Verse 19, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption for by whom a person is overcome. By him also he is brought into bondage. False teachers, they preach liberty, but they themselves are incarcerated. It's sad. Like when Jesus... When they, when they come before the Lord, they say, Lord, I did this in your name. I, I did that in your name. And he's going to say, I never knew you. You workers of, in, depart from, I, I never knew you. There's people going to be preaching. You know, we're going to be very surprised who make it into heaven. Because there's going to be some people you thought should have shown up, made it in. But they ain't going to be there. And it's going to be some people that you think that shouldn't make it in, that's going to make it in. Let me prove my point. I'm in the text. It brought up an example of Lot, right? Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah, living his life in Sodom and Gomorrah. But if we, if we didn't have the New Testament scripture of 2 Peter, and if it didn't say he was a just man, we would have swapping down that dude compromised in his walk. Who would want to live in Vegas? But the Bible, what, lets us know that he was a just man who daily, day and night, he was uncomfortable in his environment of sin that, in which he lived. If we are men, and I brought this up two weeks ago, we need to be men that's uncomfortable with the sin that surround us. We should be more on our knees. We should be preaching the gospel. We should be sharing Jesus Christ. It's time out for us to stop uh, putting our head in the sand with our mouth shut. Stop putting it all on the preacher to preach the gospel. God has called all of us blood-bought believers. I have to put that in there. That's a common denominator. If you ain't blood-bought, we ain't talking to you. But we want to be talking to you. God wants every blood-bought believer to share the gospel. Amen. Verse 19, these false teachers, they promise liberty, but it's empty promises. Verse 20 through 22. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his vomit, a soul having washed to her wallowing in mire. A soul is a, a swine, a female pig. That's what he's talking about. Now, these verses speak of those who have a profession of faith, but not a true conversion. I'm in the Bible. Turn with me, if you will. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. 
And I'm almost done. Matthew chapter 7. Go to verse 6. Notice what it says. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. If you will, turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Verse 24. Thank you. Luke chapter 11. Uh, Let's start at verse uh, 14. Here we go. And he was casting out demons, a demon, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitude marveled. But some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others testing him sought him from him, a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own place, his goods are in peace, but when a stronger Then he comes upon him and overcomes him. He takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me. And who does not gather in, excuse me, verse 23. And he who is is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Here we go. Verse 24. This is the point. When an unclean spirit goes out, a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, finding none. He says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept, put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So when you read Second Peter and it talks about a dog that returns to his vomit, a soul that wallows in the mire or mud, you know, female swine, that it's talking about a person whose nature has never changed. Let me break it down. Here in, here in uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 24 through 7, 27, this ver- these verses speak of the unsaved. How do you know that? They have unclean spirits in verse 24. And then in verse uh, 26, it talks about the last state of the man is worse than the first. The last state, meaning people um, through religion, through reformation, they look good. Meaning the house get empty, they sweep the floor, they they tidy up the place, meaning themselves like they look morally good, they come to church, they have a profession of faith, but eventually they're going to go back to the vomit, they're going to go back to the mud, they're going to go back to a sinful lifestyle because the last state is worse than the first state. There are many people who have, um, you would think that they're Christians, but they have, they're like clouds without rain. They have, they, they have a display. They got the right lingo, the right verbiage, the right look, but they're not saved. Unregenerate. 
They got seven sp- spirits. They added, meaning you have people who come to church. Let's make it plain, applicable. You got people who come to church. They say, hallelujah, praise Jesus, put, lift up their hands, but they're living a lifestyle of sin. Why? Because they're not born again. They can't help it. They're unregenerate. People who are born again, guess what? We can never be occupied by demons, by the demonic, because we have the spirit of God who lives in us. Peter is warning the people of God to be on the lookout for false teachers. And my warning tonight for all of us is to keep our eyes open, to keep our eyes on Jesus, to preach the word, to promote the word. You know, I looked up a word, um, you know, there's a word uh, that I made a little acronym about, and that is false teachers are like promoters. You know, you know what a promoter do, right? They, their job is to get your money, <laughs> to entice you to get your money. Let's take the word promoter, P-R-O-M-O-T-E-R. When you look at the word promoter, it could stand for profit revenue only for money, only to extract riches. <laughs> All false teachers are, are promoters. They're promoting an agenda. They're promoting propaganda to get our paper. Don't let them do it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your word. Through your word, Lord, help us to be men of integrity, men of the word, to learn more of you. Help us, O oh God, to grow, to love the truth of your word. We ask, O oh God, that you equip us all. Help us to grow in Christ. I thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit that equips and that helps us to be more like Christ. He that who begun a good work in us will continue it to the day of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you help even these men, these boys, these young men to grow from milk to meat. Help us all to be disciplined. Help us all to Walk in the spirit to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We all need help in various ways, in different aspects of our life. We all need to repent of sin, to take up our cross daily and follow you. We thank you for the challenge, Lord, to live for you, to die to self. We pray, oh God, that you get the glory in and through our lives, out of our lives. We thank you for your sweet spirit. Use these men who are gifted in so many areas of ministry. You've given some of them the gift of knowledge, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discernment, faith, administration, the gift of teaching. Help them, Lord, to use their gift to further your gospel, to equip the saints. We thank you, Father, for equipping the saints, for bringing these men of God into the body of Christ. We pray for the unsaved tonight. We pray, oh God, that you would draw them by your gospel message. You died for them. Jesus died for them. He was buried and rose from the dead. We pray, oh God, that they come repentive to turn from sin and turn to the Savior. Bless us now. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.